0: Let's read at verse number five, amen. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Say, he washed us. Say, he washed us amen, back home they'd say he washed us, he washed us with his own blood, aren't you glad he washed away your sins, amen, look at verse number six, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever, amen, behold he cometh with clouds and Every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. Verse 8 I am, this is in red letters, this is Jesus speaking now to John. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, the all. Mighty. I'm glad I serve the almighty God. He's not the kind of mighty God. He's not the almost mighty God. He is the almighty God. Amen. But verse 7 says this, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him even so. Amen. Amen. I love that first phrase and it says, Behold, he cometh with clouds. I'm going to preach to you the forgotten message of the last day church. Amen. It's something that we don't talk about uh, anymore. I grew up in church. We sang about it every service. It was preached about on a regular basis. Amen. But I want to preach on that that very first three words of chapter 7. Behold, he cometh. Behold, he cometh. Amen. If that strikes fear in your heart, well, there is a place to get right with the Lord. Because if you're right with God, that ought to make you so excited that Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth to rule and to reign. And I'm excited that I get to be a part of what God is doing. Amen. Why don't you lift your Bible, your hands to the Lord right now? And let's just begin to pray. Lord, I thank you. Lord for your anointing and your presence that is in this place in such a mighty, a rich and a powerful way. I pray, Lord, right now that you would open our understanding. I pray, Lord, that you would renew within us, O God, that you would stir up within us, O Lord, the understanding and the awareness that we are in the end time and that we are in the last days. Lord, I pray that it would bring comfort and joy and peace to every heart in this place, O God. And for anyone that has not made their calling and election sure, I pray, Lord, Lord, that your word would motivate them today to make sure that they are on their way to heaven. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Praise God. Could you clap your hands to the Lord one more time? Can you just clap your hands to the Lord one more time and just shout with the voice of triumph? Come on, he is worthy. He is coming back in clouds of glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout, behold, he cometh. Come on, shout, it! behold, he cometh. Are you excited about that day? Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. I understand uh, this morning and am quite well aware uh, that that the book of Revelations is, uh, and I've talked about this before, is that book uh, that... That really strikes fear in the hearts of a lot of people, and quite possibly, if you took uh, people who are Bible readers, and you were to poll them, and possibly in a secret poll, because most people wouldn't want to admit this, uh, that there is not much Bible reading that goes on in the Book of Revelations with any with any regularity, probably to most, uh, because of its uh, apocalyptic nature. As a matter of fact, um, in, in Spanish, uh, the book of Revelations is not called Revelation, which would mean revelation. In Spanish, it is Apocalipta, right? And, and Which means the apocalypse. And uh, it was looked at as the apocalyptic writing of John. And so when we read uh, in the book of Revelations and we see this, uh, there, there is so much of the end of times in there uh, that most people, most people don't want to read that because there's all kinds of uh, horrendous images that come forward. You see the beasts are coming up with, with seven heads and horns and uh, all of these kind of ugly animals that you see coming up. You, you see the great... Uh, uh, battles of Armageddon, the Battle of Gog and Magog and all of this stuff. And so most people uh, will look at that and say, you know, I don't want to read that stuff. It's depressing, especially people, you know, if you're waking up in the morning and you need some joy to start your day, you're probably not going to jump to the book of Revelations to find your joy that morning because there's a lot of bloodshed and there's a lot of uh, end-time prophecy there. Amen. Uh, but but I believe that that we have allowed... Amen, maybe the um, eschatological world and and ecclesiology or or eschatology rather to to kind of keep us away from it because everyone wants to try to find out who the Antichrist is. Everybody's trying to find out, you know, when the Lord is coming back. What does this mean and what is the interpretation of this? And I just want to tell you right now, I don't have all the answers to the book of Revelation. And nobody does. And if they say they do, watch out for them because not everybody knows. We can know some things in part, but there's a lot of things that that we really won't comprehend until the time that they come to pass. But I quite simply believe that the book of Revelations is is maybe not what we have presupposed it to be, but that the book of Revelations is literally what John said that it was in Revelations chapter 1 and verse 1 when he said the revelation of Jesus Christ, and that's what this book is. It is a revelation of Jesus Christ but a revelation of Jesus that we ourselves have not yet known, and possibly even the world has not yet known, because we have known him as Messiah, we have known him as Savior, we have known him as the lamb slain. We have known him as the sacrifice for sin. But in the last days of the earth, amen. It's not going to be him coming back as the lamb. It's not going to be him coming back as a meek and a lowly servant. When he comes, comes back this time. Amen. He is not going to come to be born in a manger or to be hung upon a cross. When he comes back this time, he's coming back in power, and he's coming back in authority, and he's coming back to smite the nations, and he's coming back to rule the earth. When Jesus comes back this time, it's going to be unlike anything that we could ever comprehend. When Jesus comes back this time, it's not going to be like we saw in Matthew 1 or in Luke 1 or in John 1 or in Mark 1 we won't even be like it was in Acts 1 or Acts 2 when Jesus comes back this time he is coming back to catch away his bride when he comes back this time he is coming to catch out his church from the earth. let me say this the rapture is not a rescue mission let me, I heard somebody preach that one time and they liken the rapture of the church, amen, to the Navy SEALs or the Delta Force, rescuing people. That's not what the, church, uh, the rapture is. The rapture is not a rescue mission. The rapture is the marrying between the bride and the bridegroom. The catching away of the church, amen, is when Jesus Christ is coming to call his children home. And I don't know about anybody else, but I get excited. When I think about Jesus coming back to this earth to rule and to reign. Oh, hallelujah, I feel it. I feel excitement in this house this morning. I feel joy in this house this morning. Amen. They used to shout about it all the time. They used to sing about it all the time. I've come to stir up that understanding and that revelation. This is not the end of the matter. This is not our greatest hope. But our hope is in nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. He's coming to take His bride home. Oh, somebody go ahead and give him glory if you believe that. Hallelujah. Now listen, I'm not going to argue this morning, but I'll make a few points uh, on on eschatology. One, uh, is he coming in the beginning of the seven years of tribulation or the middle? Or is he coming after the seven years of tribulation? Uh, We call that pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib. I I tend to believe uh, more pre-trib. Amen. Um, Some believe post-trib, that Jesus isn't coming back to rescue his church, or or rather to take his church. Well, if you believe in post-trib, then he is rescuing you. Amen. Uh, That he's coming to take, you know, after seven years of, of persecution and all of these things. And, um, you can believe that if you want to. Uh, pretty depressing. Amen. Or you can believe that he's coming in the middle of the seven years, which is it's kind of a cop-out because you don't know where he's coming in the beginning or the end, so you just shoot for the middle. Amen. I believe he's coming in the beginning. But, but I'm not going to be depressed if he don't show up. Uh, this is why you've got to serve God, not for good times, but you need to serve God because you, you want to make it to heaven. Amen. You want to make that. I want to go to heaven. I don't know about anybody else. I'm not here this morning to impress anybody. I'm not here this morning to check the box next to uh, religious uh, obligations. I'm here this morning because I love God and I love the family of God and I want to be with the people of God. Amen. And And so... I, I don't know where you align theologically on that, and, and I, I imagine, amen, God bless Brother Gars and our media team, I'm quite sure that from people watching online, we're going to get inboxes because uh, they're, they're pretty determined that he's coming after tribulation and we ought to be stocking up on uh, chicken noodle soup and rice and we need to buy, you know, homes in Montana in the mountains and stock up on ammo and guns because we're going to have to fight our way uh, through the seven years of tribulation so that we can uh, be alive when Jesus comes. And uh, to that, I, I, I say, you know, God bless you. You, you do what you want to do. But I'm looking for him to come just any day. As a matter of fact, I fully expect Jesus to return uh, before I end this sermon. I, I really expect Jesus to return before I lay my head down on my pillow tonight and go to bed. Amen. Because that's what Jesus said. He said, watch and wait. And, and so while I'm waiting, I'm watching amen and and so whatever your viewpoint is on when Jesus is coming back, amen that, that's totally up to you. I don't I don't think it has any uh, bearing on salvation but I, I will say this I still believe that Jesus is coming back. I believe in the catching away. I believe in the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that a lot of churches are going away from that and they're saying that that is figurative and not literally, but I literally believe that Jesus Christ is going to step out on the clouds and is going to take his children out of this earth. I believe it. Amen. Uh, And I believe that a Christian should believe that. I believe a Christian should believe that. Amen. And, and so uh, now I will grant you this. The word rapture is not in the Bible. I will grant you that, which is usually one of the greatest arguments for preterism or uh, kingdom now doctrine that the word rapture is not in the Bible and that you are correct. But the catching away is and the resurrection is. And the second coming is. And since the Bible says of the second coming and the resurrection and the catching away, amen, we, we put that in the word rapture. The word rapture may not be there, but the definition of the rapture is there. And so we preach that he is our soon coming king. And he is coming to take us out of this earth, amen, that we will go to be with him, amen, at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I know it sounds like some Marvel comic. I know it sounds like something too good to be true. But I'm telling you the apostles taught it. To, and they preached it. And the early church believed it. And they rejoiced about it. And they shouted about it. And they sang about it. And they danced about it. And they prayed about it. Because they knew no matter how bad things get here. I've still got a heavenly home. No matter what happens to me here, I've still got eternity with him there you can take my home but you can't take my destination, you can take my health but you can't take my destination you can take my money but you can't take my destination you can take my life but you can't take my destination I'm going to be with the Lord this morning amen, is to allow the word of God to stir up joy in your life, amen, to understand that things are bigger than what we see right now, amen. Uh, the disciples came to Jesus one day and they were rejoicing that, there, that that demons were subject unto them. You remember this story. They came to Jesus and, and they said, demons are subject to us and and sickness is subject to us. And the word Rejoicing in the Greek meant that they had great joy. They were ecstatic. They, they, they had, uh, uh, they had movement with their. In other words, they were swaying along as they were chanting, and as they were almost singing to the Lord. Demons are subject to us. Demons are subject to us. Sickness is subject to us. And and Jesus so kindly but firmly put his finger in the air and he said, hold on, boys. I I can appreciate what you're doing and I know you're feeling a joy that demons are subject to you. But Jesus set them straight and said, rejoice not that demons, Demons are subject to you, but rejoice that your name has been written in the Lamb's book. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. In other words, what Jesus was saying was, fellas, there's gonna come someday when you point your finger at a devil and he looks back at you and says, boo, there's gonna be some days uh, that you're gonna pray prayers uh, and feel as if the heavens are brass. But I want you to realize something that nobody can take away from you the fact that your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. So if you're gonna shout, shout, out that you've been redeemed if you're gonna sing sing that you've been redeemed if you're gonna dance dance that this world is not my home Oh, I feel like shouting here this morning. I don't feel like shouting because I've seen blind eyes open and I have. I don't feel like dancing this morning because I've seen the lame get out of wheelchairs and I have. But I feel like dancing this morning because this whole world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I'm a pilgrim in a strange land. Is your boss a jerk? All right. If you're self employed, I'm praying for you. Is your boss a jerk? Well, this world ain't my home. You don't like where you're living? That's okay. This world is not my home. You done with politics? Good. That's not my government. I'm of a different kingdom. So I could care less what they're doing there. My my affection and my hope is fixed on what he has prepared up there. Oh, hallelujah. I, I know this is an old-fashioned message. I know they don't preach about it, anything anymore, and that's fine. Amen. But I'm still going to hold on to the fact that Jesus said, Rejoice that your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus said to John the Revelator in, John, in Revelations 1, He said, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. There's only one way to be called. That's to repent of your sins be baptized in his name and filled with the Holy Ghost that's the way you purchase a ticket but the only way to get to the table is either through the grave or through the air of the rapture and I'm celebrating this morning that I'm on my way to heaven and I'm glad about it oh hallelujah hallelujah this world is not my look at somebody and say this world ain't my home I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world. Problem is some of us are feeling too at home in this world. You, you, you ought to feel like you don't belong anymore. Amen. And it, it, it's not because society's changing and that might be part of it. And that's not be, just, just because people are going nuts and that's part of it. But, but even if it was everything you thought it should be, amen, this world is not our home. When we were born again, we became citizens of another country. We became citizens of another world. Amen. This world is not my home anymore. We are pilgrims in a strange land. Amen. We are as if it were vagabonds that are just wandering through the earth until Jesus comes to call us home oh hallelujah I'm going to take a trip on that good old gospel ship I'm going far beyond the skies I'm going to shout and sing until the heavens ring while I'm bidding this world goodbye I don't know about you but I'm ready I'm ready to get on the old gospel ship I'm ready to to get aboard that heaven-bound train. I don't know about you, but I'm excited that Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. Oh, what singing. Oh, what shouting on that happy morning when we all shall rise. Oh, what glory. Hallelujah. When we meet our blessed Savior in the the skies when with all the heavenly hosts we begin to sing singing in the holy ghost how the heavens will ring millions there will join that song and with them we shall be praising christ through ages long heaven's jubilee you go ahead and focus on wall street i'll focus on streets of gold you go ahead and focus on dc i'm going to focus on new jerusalem Hallelujah. You go ahead and get focused on what's wrong. Now I'm going to get focused on what's going to be perfect for eternity. I don't belong here anymore. I'm a citizen of another world. And he's getting ready to come back. He's getting ready to come back and to take his children home. And so the question has always been, uh, Is when, when is Jesus coming back? That that has been the the persistent question uh, since the time 2,000 years ago that Jesus said he was coming back. Matter of fact, when Jesus said that he was going away and he was coming back, the disciples even asked him, Well, Lord, since you are going away, when are you coming back? And this is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 21. And beginning at verse number 31, he says, "Uh, So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. You know, there was a day. Boy, I I, I really hate to sound like I'm just living in yesterday. But there was a day, amen, when we got news of global events, which we didn't get a lot back then Uh, because we didn't have the internet. I mean, uh, we didn't have all that that stuff. But when we, I I remember when the Gulf War started and some of y'all remember that. And I can remember when uh, uh, Kuwait had been invaded by uh, Saddam Hussein in the Iraqi army. And Saddam was saying that uh, he was Persia or, or Babylon. And that he was, I think he said he was Nebuchadnezzar, reincarnated. Was it Nebuchadnezzar? He said he was reincarnated. And he went into Kuwait. Amen. let Let me tell you what our church did. We got excited. And when they went to, now listen, at that point in my life as a young man, we had not been in war in my lifetime. This was the first war. Understanding now, now people were panicking. They were talking about drafts and you know, all this kind of stuff. But, but as for the church, you know what we did? We locked into twenty-four hour prayer chains that went on for weeks. Amen. These things happen on a daily occurrence, and we as believers, it don't even phase us anymore. Now, you could say that's because we got a hyperbolic media, and we do. And you can say that's because we got a dishonest media. And we do. But the fact of the matter is, there was a day in the church age that I'm in, that I grew up in, that when world events like this happened, the church looked up. Now, we don't look up. We look over. We look down. We look at one another we point fingers. But Jesus said, and he had just got through listing all of these things that were going to take place that you could know that his coming was at hand. Amen. He read all, he said all of these things and he says in verse 32, verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away, amen, and then he goes on to say, and take heed to yourselves, lest any time your hearts be overcharged with uh, uh, suffering, Sophistic feeling, I can't hardly read my Bible and drunkenness and cares of this life and so that the day come upon you, he said you better watch out for yourself, you better not let your heart be overwhelmed you ought not let your heart be overcharged, you don't need to get into drunkenness and whatever state that is in, you can get drunken, amen, on alcohol you can get drunken on marijuana, you can get drunken on social media, you can get drunken upon a Uh, entertainment but Jesus said when you see these things come to pass you better take heed lest at any time your hearts be overcharged Amen, and get overwhelmed with the cares of this life he said don't you let this day come upon you unaware in other words you need to keep your eyes looking in the right direction amen go to the next verse And then he says in verse 35, for as a snare it shall come upon us all them that dwelleth on the face of the whole earth. Next verse. Amen. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. In other words, what Jesus was saying was when you hear all of these things coming about, when when you see all of these things start to happen you better watch and pray you better get ready because I'm coming back hey man, you better look around at you and say he's coming soon he's coming soon it may be morning night or noon but he's I don't know about you but I'm looking I'm looking I'm looking I'm looking so so what did he say? Amen. Here's what he said that would happen. Amen. He said that there would be wars and rumors of wars. There would, be, there would be famine and pestilence and diseases in diverse places. I looked it up and I Googled this a couple of weeks ago because, you know, Google's reliable. Amen. I googled it. How many wars do we have currently going on the earth? Right now that are declared wars, there are 32 wars that are happening. right. That doesn't count conflicts. That doesn't count the civil conflicts that are going on in different parts of the world. These are known wars, 32. And, and if you've got slightly more vision than a bat in a dark cave, you understand that we're on the verge of a World War III right now. We're, we're on the verge of a World War III right now, and I get and, and some of you will sit back and go, well, "I don't know about that." You then you just don't know. We are plunging headlong into a third world war right now. And I'm not saying that to scare you. It ought not scare you in some sense. It ought to make you excited. As the Bible said, when we see these things, look up. We're on the verge of a global world war for the first time in our nation's history. Amen. Both sides are unified around one thing. Let's go to war. Both parties want to go to war. Politicians are getting rich off the war. I don't think our leaders got enough conscious awareness to know what a war is. But they're pushing us headlong into a third world war right now. China and Russia has united. The Gulf states of Arabia have have walked away from the U.S. dollar. China's walked away from the U.S. dollar. Russia's walked away. And you say, Pastor, why are you talking politics? That's not politics. That's things that are getting ready to happen. And when all of these things happen, they're trying to tell you everything's fine. Our our dollar has already begun to collapse out from underneath us. Say, well, there's a recession coming. If you know how to read, we've been in a recession. They're trying to pump this thing up. But I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back soon soon, it doesn't matter how strong or how weak the dollar is it doesn't matter if there's war or peace, amen he is coming back soon so when I hear them say war and rumor of war I've got to watch and pray i got to say he's getting ready to come back oh somebody shout to the Lord this morning I looked it up Amen. And I wanted to check and see how many wars—32 known wars on the earth at this time. Amen. And nobody really wants to admit that we're about—we are already on the stage of a third world war right now. Amen. Uh, I looked it up to see uh, how many div- diseases are on the earth right now. I looked it up, and according to the the research, there are over 10,000 known diseases uh, that are on the earth right now, affecting and killing mankind. I now know in the last three years they've got. You to panic over one of them. They got you to panic over a flu. Don't shout me down when I'm telling the truth. Amen. Now they now they realize the more we read about the the less we need to fear it. So they're panicking us about something else. There's always going to be something else. But Jesus said in the last days there'll be wars and rumors of wars, and there would be diseases in diverse places. Diverse meaning diverse. I heard, I heard some guy preach on this one time, bless his heart. And he started preaching about diver's disease. He did. I'm telling you, I'm serious, as a heart attack. He did. He started preaching about in the last days there's going to be diver's disease. You're saying, Pastor, what's a diver's disease? I have no idea. The only thing I know about is the bins. That's it. But he he started talking about, preaching about diver's disease. It's diverse, it's going to be diverse across the whole world. The whole world has been affected by this pandemic. We're still being affected by this pandemic. Our children are still suffering from this pandemic. I I watched these children, we were on vacation, outdoors, amen, and, and still living in fear of a disease that they have no risk to succumb to. Because the media has just pumped the fear into them. You see, God thrives in response to faith. Hell thrives on fear. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I said, I feel the Holy Ghost. Now now they're talking about another strand. Well, guess what? If we live a thousand years, there's gonna be a thousand more strands that come because that's exactly what happens. And I promise you it's about to get real bad because we got an election coming up. So it's really gonna get bad then. Amen. Over 10,000 diseases on the earth right now. 10,000 known diseases on the earth right now. I'm going to tell you, if you're you're afraid of a disease, you might as well lock yourself in a closet, duct tape, seal it, and wrap yourself in bubble wrap. Because there's 10,000 of them out there. I don't know about you, but I'm going to live in faith. I'm going to live in faith and say, this could be the cloud he's coming back on. 10,000 diseases, famine. I looked it up right now. According, amen, to the WHO, there are over 700 million people right now that are living in starvation, right? Over 700 million people living in starvation on the earth right now. And the Bible, Jesus said in the last days, there's gonna be wars and rumors of wars. There's gonna be diseases in diverse places. Amen, there's gonna be famine and pestilence. And we are living in that hour, we're over 700 million people on this earth, amen, they are going without to eat, and I don't mean they're poor in the American sense of poor, which is a joke when you compare it to the rest of the world poor, our poor people, most of them are overweight. Well, I better get off of this, because I can tell right now, amen, I can tell some of y'all getting mad at that, just go read it. Our poor eat better than the kings that lived a hundred years ago. I'm talking about real poverty and famine. Over 700 million around the world are starving and they are diseased and they are living in war zones. And Jesus said when you see these things come to pass he said you better watch and pray and know that the hour of my coming is soon. Amen. Jesus said no man knows the day nor the hour except my father which is in heaven. Quit trying to follow all these men and women that are trying to tell you when Jesus is coming back. You know how many raptures I've lived through in my lifetime? Do you know how many false prophets I've lived through? 88 reasons in 88. 89 and 89. 90 reasons and 9. I lived through all of that stuff. The Mayan calendar was supposed to kill us twice already. Y2K was supposed to have wiped us out. And that was supposed to be the rapture of the church. And yet the church has not been raptured away. That's why no man man's ever going to know the day and no man's ever going to know the hour that Jesus is coming back. Jesus said, "You will not know the day nor the hour, but I will tell you of the season. I will tell you when you can look around and say, this I may not know the day. I may not know the hour. But Elder Henderson, Jesus said, I'll tell you the season. When you start seeing these things come to pass. Hey Amen. I woke up this morning and it was cold. I'm starting to see leaves die on the tree. That simply means it's becoming fall. It's becoming autumn. It's climate change. Hey Amen. It's happening right now. Trees are dying. Plants are dying. Why? Because the season is changing. Jesus said, I'm not. I'm not gonna tell you the day and the hour, but I will tell you the season, folks. The season of the coming of Jesus is upon us right now. I'm looking to the trees, and I'm seeing the season has changed. I'm looking to the grass, and I see that the season is changing, and I've come to preach to you. Lift up your eyes to the hills from which cometh your help. Oh, hallelujah. I'm almost done. But I've got to preach this to you this morning. Amen. That we don't know the day nor the hour, but we know the season. Amen. I don't consider myself a scholar. Amen. Of eschatology. But I know I can read Luke 21. Amen. And I can read Matthew 28. And I know that we are living in the season and the time of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to believe it if you don't want to. That's okay. Jesus said a lot of people wouldn't but as for me I'm going to look around and I'm going to say this could be the day, this could be the hour this could be the moment that Jesus comes back to catch his bride away. I'm not looking to D.C. for my help I'm not looking to Sacramento for my help. I'm not looking to Wall Street for my help. I'm not looking to the healthcare industry for my help. I'm going to lift up my eyes to the hills because my help is coming from the Lord. He said Why? I'm watching, I'm watching, and I'm praying. I'm watching, and I see wars. I'm watching, and I see disease, and I'm saying, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. He's coming back. Somebody say it. He's coming back. We grew up thinking that we grew up thinking the rapture is going to happen any second. I still believe the rapture could happen any second. I remember when we first moved into our house in Vacaville. Uh, Our first home there. And uh, I didn't realize. I mean, I knew we were kind of close to the prison. Um, CMF, California Medical Facility. It's a prison. It's a, you know, whatever prison. It's a high-security prison. And uh, I was out in the backyard uh, one day, and I was planting some plants. And all of a sudden, I heard this blast. like 30 seconds and I'm gonna tell you my heart jumped up in my throat and I looked up I looked up I didn't know what that was I later found that out found out that at 445 every day the prison blows an alarm to let the whole city in that area know that they just did their bed count And all the prisoners are accounted for. There are some days we don't hear it till like 515. We don't hear it some days till 7 o'clock. That means they're looking for somebody. But at 445, they blast an air horn. And it went, I am telling you when that, I didn't know anything about it. My heart jumped into my chest. I looked straight up in the air. I was looking for Jesus. I came in, I told my wife. I said, Did you hear that sound? Well, she already knew about it. I didn't know, but she didn't inform me. I came back in the house and I said, Did you hear that? She said, Hear what? I said it sounded like a trumpet. You say I'm being, you know, over what no, it's that's what it sounded like was a trumpet. I, I said it sounded like a trumpet has been blasting for, for about 30 to 40 seconds out there. And she started giggling a little bit. She said, Oh babe, that's the prison. Every day they have to let the community know that everybody is accounted for. Amen. And every time this day, amen, if I'm standing out there and I hear that horn blast, my head looks straight up into the sky because I still believe. he's coming back I still believe he's going to catch his bride away oh hallelujah oh hallelujah I've come to encourage you this morning it doesn't matter how bad things look he is on his way back to catch away his bride Oh, I feel like shouting this morning. I don't know about you, but I feel the victory of my hope is in another world, and Jesus is coming back. Amen. Hey man, Brother Lucas, if you'll come. Hey Amen. I, I told you this is kind of an unpopular message. We used to sing, we used to song, sing a song uh, called uh, I Just Keep Watching the Gates. Amen, I believe it was the, the, the Hemphills or the, the Neelands that sang that song. I just keep watching the gates. One day soon they're going to open wide. All God's children's going to step inside. I just keep watching the gate. My verse, because we sang it as a trio as a kid, my verse was you can offer me all the houses of land that money can't afford to buy. Amen. You can offer me everything in this world that you think will satisfy. But one of these days, it's all going to turn around. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, that gate is going to swing open and all of God's children are going to step across to the others. Carol Magruder wrote a song that said, uh, we were playing around singing it last night. He he, he wrote a song that said, see those clouds? They're the ones he's coming back on. Boy, you don't hear that on K-Love, do you? You'll hear that on, on on contemporary. You'll hear it on the Gospel Channel. That's all we used to sing about. Was the Rapture? He's coming back. I believe he's coming back. Like he said, I, I remember. I remember uh, being at a concert when Brother Magruder sang that song. They'd come. They'd come to Texcana uh, every other year, and, and my pastor Bishop Hurst and them, the Lamartre Trio, do a concert ministry quartet. And I remember the first time I heard them sing that song, uh, see those clouds, they're the ones he's coming back on. And Priscilla Magruder would sing, in the moment, in the twinkle of an eye, we'll all be over. Folks, we are standing on the verge of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I remember in that... College Auditorium, County College Auditorium, I can still remember the Holy Ghost falling in that concert as they began to sing, see those clouds. They're the ones he's come. I want to encourage you when you walk outside today, if you even see the slightest cloud in the sky, you need to look up and say, behold, he cometh. That's what he said. As a matter of fact, we try to comfort one another with, oh, you're going to get a pay raise you're you're, going to get a a new house or a new job and all of those things are grand but the apostle said it like this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and beginning at verse 13 he said but I would have you not to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that means dead that's just sorrow not even as others which have no hope the tragedy is we only really read this at funerals listen to what he said in verse 14 For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever Be with the Lord. Amen. Then he goes on to say, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I've come to comfort you today to let you know he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. You better make sure your calling and election is made sure. You better make sure that your salvation is already in place. Now, I, for those of you that thought, well, Pastor's coming off a two-week vacation, he's probably got some deep mystical revelation he's going to share. This is it. He's coming back. Revelations 1, he said, Behold, 1 and 7, behold, he cometh. Behold, he cometh. I don't know what the temperature is going to be on that day, but I know this much, it's going to be a cloudy day. Because he's coming in the clouds. He's coming in the clouds. Now I'm going to tell you something, I'm going to be honest with you. If you can't shout over that, your shouters broke. If this kind of preaching doesn't excite your soul and you don't got a revelation of what that day's going to be like. That's why over half of our hymnals are filled up with songs of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. See those clouds? They're the ones he's coming back on. They used to sing a song growing up said, this may be the cloud he's coming back on. Oh, and we know that it's not long. The signs of the learning point to his returning and I've got a longing for all. I'm going to keep my eye on the sky and do what he says do, And soon we will hear Jesus cry. Gabriel's trumpet will sound. We're going to lift off the ground through the clouds. And he's coming back home. Hey, you can shout over your pension all you want. I'm shouting over eternity. You can get excited about a new house all you want. I'm getting excited about New Jerusalem. Matter of fact I'm getting excited about New Jerusalem coming down I, I don't got time to preach it but boy when we get in the millennial reign oh it's going to be awesome 1000 years we get to rule and reign with Christ being made priests and kings oh hallelujah but first he's got to come back in those clouds somebody say, Behold, He coming. Well, if you told this to the early church, man, they wouldn't be listening. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the earliest writings that we have of one of the earliest non-biblical accounts of the early Christians was written just a little after 100 A.D. And, uh, in our pastor's podcast, one of the lessons in Colossians, I've I shared a bit of this, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was a Roman who wrote an observation of Christian people, and he and, and they said this about Christians: said they're always happy, always happy. So, so if if you're down all the time, you may want to check your Christianity card. If you look like an old sourpuss sucking on a lemon, you may want to check your Christianity card. I know I'm dating myself. I, I am the oldest 43-year-old alive on this planet, and I get it. But we we used to sing a song that said, We're a happy people, yes we are. We're, and I can see y'all going, that's a dumb tune. Don't listen to it. listen to work. If I put it in a flat seventh and with a major on top and we augmented the flow of the theoretical turn. If we put a hip hop beat to it, Right? We're a happy people, yes we are. We're a happy people, yes we are. Been baptized, spoke in tongues when the Holy Ghost came. You know a lot of you know a lot of people filled with the Holy Ghost do. We're a miserable people, yes we are. We're just a miserable people, yes we are. Can't go there and can't do that. And if we do, I feel real flat. We're a miserable people, yes we are. We are restricted people, yes we we are restricted. baptizing Jesus name ain't gonna tell anybody for the shame (laughs) the earliest known writing non-biblical account of an observer of Christian people said they're always happy then he wrote and I'm paraphrasing you have to get all of it on the podcast he said and and if you like a studious look at scripture you need to check out the Colossians podcast we're doing he says (laughs) he says they're always happy he said they live in horrid conditions but lack nothing because all things are common among them. And I'm paraphrasing this and what the Roman observer said. And even though their family was just eaten by animals or slaughtered, they still had and are always quick to tell you of their faith. I think we need to go back to being a happy people. I think we need to go back to being a people that had their heads and lifted up. Behold, he cometh with clouds. When John wrote that, you were to read that in the Greek, you could not read it monotone. I'm going to put the mic down because I don't want to scare anybody. If somebody's asleep, wake them up because it's going to give them a heart attack. just say, Behold. You gotta go. Behold! The word Behold is translated in the King James. It's in our modern English. It's this word. Look! Watch! He's coming! When I hear that he's coming boy I get excited cause I've been waiting at the station sister Dawn for a long time with my ticket and when I hear behold it sounds an awful like all aboard it sounds a whole lot like all aboard I've got my ticket ready when I hear the captain say, all aboard, I'm not going to weep. I'm going to shout. I've been waiting for the ship of Zion. I've been waiting. Whew, I feel joy in this place right now. If you don't got joy, I, I can't help you today. You just got to go find it for yourself. Hey Amen. If you're saved, you got joy right now. train is bound for glory, this train. We've seen that one too. This train is bound for glory, this train. This train don't carry no liars, this train. This train don't carry no liars, this train. This train don't carry no liars, no gamblers and midnight riders. Oh, oh, oh I'm talking about this train. All aboard. Watch He's coming. He's coming in an hour that you think not. The, the, the Bible says it'll be so surprising. The Bible says it like this. Brother Ryan, it says two will be laying in bed, one take it. Two walking down the road, one taking, one remains. Two working at the mill, one taking, one remains. It's going to come back faster than the blinking of an eye. It's going to be quicker. Amen. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, it's going to be over faster than you. There's not going to be time to repent in that moment. There's not, I not. I, I preached this message in years, but I'm thinking about re-preaching a message called Instructions After Missing the Rapture. Amen. And we're going to embed it somewhere you can always find it. Amen. And just basically, it's going to be hell on earth. Amen. Amen. So you want to make the rapture? Ain't you no know, time to repent, and get it right with God at that moment. Because when He comes back in the clouds of glory, He is coming to take His children home. Amen. I don't, I don't know when He's coming, but if I did, Amen. Elder Henderson, I've told God a hundred times, Lord, if you just tell me thirty minutes before the rapture comes, I would love to go to a graveyard. That's where I want to be. I want to be in a graveyard when the rapture happens. I think it's going to be the thing all of a sudden to see graves bursting open and the grave yielding up the dead. Amen. And all of a sudden their bodies are going to be raised. Amen. Those corruptible bodies are going to put on incorruption. Those mortals are going to put on immortality. They're going to take up, up out of the grave. And while we are flying through the air, while we're flying through the air, all of a sudden this old body is going to be changed. No more sickness. No more pain. No more heartache. No more sorrow. No more grief. No more death. No more of that stuff is going to be. I'm going to be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of it. The other thing I asked God one time too, and God knows I'm honoring. He's not going to request. He's not going to grant my request. I know it. But sometimes I get real and I say oh God, when the rapture happens, would you just lift me up about maybe 800 to a thousand feet in the air and just stop? Just just stop me for a few seconds. There's a whole lot of people I want to wave by to. There's a whole lot of people I want to go, told you, told you, told you. I want to give them a good old Bronx raspberry, amen. But I know he's not going to do that. That's just me being carnal as a three-legged dog, amen. He ain't gonna let me do that, but I wish he would. He ain't going to. You know what? When that trumpet sounds, I ain't even gonna think about that stuff. I'm gonna be translated, I'm gonna be caught up to meet him in the air. Hey Amen. I've got good news to bring, and that is why I see. Because I'm gonna take a trip on that good old gospel ship, and I'm going sailing. hallelujah you know what I think I'm going to start preaching this until when I say behold he coming everybody just breaks out shouting he's coming back he's coming back sister Jean he's coming back he's coming back we've heard this all our life He's he's coming back you better be ready he's coming back you might be sitting in school and he's coming back. You could be on your job, but he's coming back. I've determined with the Lord, I don't want anybody in my house left. I don't want anybody in my neighborhood left. I want to share the gospel so that when he comes back, we're all called up to meet him. Amen. Behold, he him. he's coming in the clouds. Look at somebody and say, he's coming in the clouds. I'm excited about that. Isn't it amazing how, in the last 10 minutes or so, you haven't thought about your bank account? Started thinking about heaven. I got that song so stuck in my head, we're not even going to try to play it because Carol Magruder wrote in funny chords sometimes. I can hear him. I did a little bit last night. I can hear him going. Here's a song I wrote for Sister Priscilla to sing to all of you. It's about the coming of the Lord and he's coming soon. Give him a shout if you believe it. That's Carol Magruder. If you don't know, you need to go listen to it. He's coming back in those clouds. I want you to close your eyes for a moment and I want you to imagine what I'm about to describe to you from the word of God. What's going to happen on that day? that very ordinary day. That day that seems like just another day. That day where your alarm clock goes off and you feel just as exhausted as you did the day before. When you get dressed for work and you're dreaded walking into that office because of all of the drama. But there's something tingling on the inside of your spirit because you know as bad as it is, this could be that very day. (laughs) that eternity begins to open for you and there it is two are walking down the road one is taken two are lying in bed and one is taken two are working and one is taking because in that moment do you see this Do you can you see this in your mind do you picture what I'm saying right now you need to visualize this for yourself because all of a sudden unbeknownst to you while your spirit was prepared and while you were watching and praying, you had no that this would be the very moment in the very day and all of a sudden Jesus himself splits the eastern sky and presses a trumpet to his lips and with a shout and with the voice of an archangel he begins to blow that trumpet all of a sudden the graves begin to open the sea yields up her dead the caverns yield up her dead the grave yields up her dead and you and I that are alive and remain are called up to meet him together in the air. We're there. We're at that moment. I want you to lift your hands to heaven right now. Come on. I want you to lift your hands to heaven right where you are. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Amen. Amen. Oh, what singing, oh, what shouting on that happy morning when we all shall rise. I feel it in this place. I feel such a rapturous atmosphere in this place. This could be that very moment this could be that very hour that Jesus comes to call his children home. Do you see it? Do you see it as he gathers the armies of heaven together? Do you see it as he stretches that long Galilean leg over the back of a steamy white stallion? Do you see it as he comes riding through the eastern skies and standing upon the clouds? Behold he cometh. Behold he cometh. Lift up your eyes to the hill, child of God. He He's coming. I know you're stressed, but he's coming. I know you're battling sickness, but he's coming. I know you're dealing with pain, but he's coming. You're going through betrayal right now, but he's coming. I've come to encourage you. I've come to comfort you with these words. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming back again. He's going to return back to this earth. He's coming to catch his bride away. And I'm going to be a part of that. Come on, lift that voice to the Lord. Amen. Is there anybody that would want to come to this altar right now, lifting your hands, saying, Lord, I can't wait for that day. I'm excited for that day. I can't wait for that moment in the twinkling of an eye that everything is going to be changed. All these trials you've been going through, all the struggles of life you've been dealing with. Amen. I've come to encourage you. It's going to be over someday. It's it's gonna be over in a second. It's gonna be over in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. All of a sudden the dead in Christ are gonna rise first. There's gonna be loved ones I'm gonna meet in the air. I'm gonna look over and I'm gonna see my mother as we're flying through the air together. I look over to the other side and see Grandpa Price over there as we're flying up through the air together. I'm gonna look over there and see my grandma, amen, and she's worshiping on up through the atmosphere. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. He's coming. He's coming. Come on, come on, come on. You've got to vision that. You've got to see that. It's coming to pass. Come on, somebody lift your voice right now. Hallelujah. 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 Can you imagine that? No, you're not. You're imagining your problem. Can you see that? It's coming. It's as real as, as the nose on your face. It's as real, hey amen, It's the ground you're standing on. It's coming. Jesus is coming back. Behold, he cometh. You've got a reason to rejoice this morning. You've got a reason to shout this morning. You've got a reason to be excited this morning. Now the Bible said comfort one another with these words. So since you're down here, I want you to find somebody and I want you to comfort them with these words and say, behold, he cometh. Come on, tell them he is coming back. Tell them Jesus is coming back. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you. And so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus name.